Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bowman, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Hello and welcome to the School of Humanity. This is Rachel Bowman with Jason Bowman, and this is our episode five here with the Faith Fit Radio through the Diocese of Orlando. There is a strange person in the room with us tonight. <laughs> I actually agree with Rachel. I would consider myself a strange person. <laughs> this is Thomas LaPointe, and he is one of the members of the School of Humanity. I, I mean, he's a huge Alabama fan. <laughs> Uh, that that is really true, hard. yes. Um, I am a huge Alabama <laughs> fan. <laughs> so I am a huge Florida Gator fan, so it's very interesting anytime we're in the same room together because I just, you know, it hurts to be in the room with him. <laughs> it hurts me too because all of all of the abuse that you pile on me. <laughs> he does, he takes it well, he takes it well, so. But um, we just wanted to bring Thomas in tonight because I wanted to abuse him on the air and also so that he could let his family know that he's slowly becoming a Florida Gator. LaPointe's in Alabama. I'm so sorry, but it's okay. That is not true. Although my, my brother, who is an Auburn graduate, would probably be happy if I was leaving Alabama behind, but alas, it will never happen. <laughs> who knows, you know? Oh. I'm not happy Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for having me here. This is going to be awesome, I know. <laughs> well, we started the School of Humanity in what? October? October 2015? Was it? Tw- no, 2016? December, November, December? November. I think it's November. November 2015. Has it been that long? Yes. Wow. Did you come before Christmas or did you come? A couple weeks before Christmas. So I was actually not at the first meeting, but I came probably three or four weeks yeah. into it. Yeah, that sounds right. And I remember you were at the first one, but you were there mm-hmm. shortly after we started. And before we met Thomas, he was just the young guy that goes to St. Joseph's and wears a bow tie to Mass. Yeah. That's how we knew. The who he young was. guy. Not a young guy <laughs> because. <laughs> There's not a lot of young guys. That's true. Sadly. Well, and the bow tie thing. There are know. a handful. I should be fair. but Right. But do they wear bow ties? Now, that's, that's a good point. I don't think that... I don't think they do. Yeah, because, I mean, I remember the description was like, Thomas is going to come next week. He's, one of, he's young. He goes to St. Joseph's. He wears a bow tie. And I was like, oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally. Um, so... Who invited you? Do you remember? Bethany did. Yes. Okay. Our wonderful campus minister at Santa Fe Catholic yes. High School. Yes. Well done. Good job. Good job. And then what did you think that first night? Were there a lot of people here? Walk us back. Oh, uh, wow. Let me uh, reel back the uh, the tape in my mind. <laughs> um, that's an eight-track tape because that's, <laughs> that's how old I am. Um I remember enjoying it, I, uh, I, and I remember being very, very happy that I found uh, a collection of young people, so people my age, um, physically, not mentally, because mentally I am, 
I am very old, I believe. Uh, everywhere I go, people have <laughs> nicknamed me Grandpa. That, okay, so the School of Humanity usually starts at about 8.15 at night on Tuesday nights. And we get try to close up about 10.30. Usually people don't leave until like 11.30, 12 o'clock, sometimes later. But Thomas on Tuesday nights has to, there's like a special alarm thing that you have to turn off, right, on Tuesday nights? Yeah, I actually disabled my alarm on Tuesday night <laughs> that, that goes off most weeknights at 9 p.m. And it's not that I go to bed at 9 p.m. It's just that the alarm, as it says, start bedtime routine. So I have to kind of remind myself that it's time to start getting ready for bed. And, and you know, I need to start early at 9 o'clock. So... <laughs> Um, sleep is very important to me and right. I, I, it, I require it to function. Okay. Well, so, I mean, most people do, but most people don't really set an alarm to do that. But I mean, Hey, yeah. <laughs> and you're a grandpa. And so yeah, everywhere I go, individuals completely unique of each other, um, have, have called me grandpa. So anyway, where were we? School of Humanity? So you came. You weren't put off by how late we stayed that first night? It was a little bit of a struggle, I will admit. Um, <laughs> no, my, my first reaction was, was very positive. Um, I was very happy to work my way into a community uh, of like-minded young Catholics who are really trying to, trying to be holy and trying to live their faith. Um, I guess you could say that it was a little unconventional for me. And it, and it did take me a little while to get used to because uh, what I encountered through many of the other young adults in the group was um, this connection with, with the person of Christ that was slightly different from what I had and, and in some ways more developed, but in other ways just differently developed. Um, I'm somebody who really prides myself on being very prudent and practical and, and methodical. and A um, lot of grandpas think that way. Yeah, so. you know, I just love doing crossword puzzles, <laughs> right? And that's just not an emotional thing. So when I encountered other people who had this, you know, deeply emotional connection to Christ, I really didn't know what to do with that. Um, and it, and it, in some ways it made me uncomfortable. Uh, and in other ways, you know, it challenged me. But... Uh, it was it was disorienting at first because I saw these people and I saw that they were very holy. You know that was undeniable. You know, these people had had great relationships, and um, to me it was a little discouraging because here I am. I mean, I want to be holy too, but but also this is not this is not really how I interact. Um, and you know, I, I I try to come at at some things. In a very with a very reasonable approach, um, I you know I grew up in in the Bible Belt, Alabama. God God bless it. Um, <laughs> but there was a lot of a lot of uh, Christian, I'll say you know non-Catholic Christian culture there that really puts a huge emphasis on on the emotionality of the faith. And um, you know, obviously, God is not an emotion, right? He's he's not just an emotion. That's not the only way we can encounter him, but that's how I was used to seeing, you know, non-Catholics uh, express their faith. So there, there really wasn't this talk of deep theology. Um, there was no, you know, academic tradition of the Franciscans or, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas to, to lean on. So what I did, and, and, and maybe um, 
incorrectly in some ways, I, I, I kind of rebelled against that and, and wanted my approach to God to be strictly academic, you know, strictly black and white. And um, in, in some ways, you know, the church has a very strong history of, of intellect and reason, and I was able to find that in the church, but what I didn't know at the time was I was missing out on kind of this, this personal relationship with the person of Christ. I, I, I knew about Christ, but I don't really think I knew Christ himself. And um, I'm on that journey now. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm not there. I, I've made great progress, but I'm still, I'm still trying to know Christ as a person better. And um, it's, been, it's been an adventure. Um, it's, it's definitely helped my prayer life. That's something that I've, I've been struggling, you know, with in recent years is, is really trying to, I want my prayer life to be where it should be. And, um, having, having that, that relationship and, and to me, it almost sounds cheesy, you know, oh, personal relationship with Christ, because again, that's kind of the environment where I grew up in, where that's all that there was, but that is an important part of um, faith, you know, is, yeah. is God as a person and we need to encounter God as a person, not just as doctrine and dogma, which I was comfortable doing, um, because it was so clear and, and rational and reasonable, but that's not the, the fullness of the depth of the faith. tendency um, amongst some groups, uh, that me and my Bible mentality. Right, right. But you are, uh, um, I'd say, a natural scholarly man. You, you want objective truth, which is beautiful, because, you know, there's no, there's no dichotomy between uh, faith and reason. Right, right. and what really, um, so I was, I was born, grew up Catholic, um, and, and that's, that was more of a blessing than I realized, but what really hit home for me, what, what really kind of sold me on the church, and, and maybe silly to say it that way, but when I, I would kind of consider myself having reverted um, previously, you know, never, never lived this terrible paganistic lifestyle, but, but at the same time um, was very lukewarm for a while. And when I really finally realized the reason um, and the intellectual tradition that the church had, that's what, that's what sold it for me. I was searching for this, I, I guess if I want to, you know, describe it, I was kind of on the search for this, uh, lifestyle, uh, something to guide, uh, I was looking for a philosophy to guide my life and my decisions, 
that's really what I wanted is I knew I, I wanted um, I wanted something that I could I, I really wanted a rock that I could base my life right, on. Right. Um, surprise, surprise, it was the Catholic Church and the Catholic right. faith, you know, and I had it all well along, and I did not even know it. Um, so it was, it was a beautiful moment when I, when I really finally realized, man, Catholicism, even though I've been Catholic my whole life, like, this, is, this is for real. Right. That's awesome. When are you going to do that about the Gators? About, just about, you know, realizing that they... <laughs> The fullness of the truth is really found in Gainesville. Yeah. Um, so I really like Florida's coach, um, Jim McElwain, who learned everything from Nick Saban. <laughs> Great Catholic guy, by the way. Um, when I lived in Tuscaloosa, he went to Mass. He went to Mass every week. Uh, so I thought that was really neat. Got to see him at Mass all the time. So anyway, we'll, I mean, we'll come back to that. You're clearly not ready to... To dive into the depths of that, but <laughs> so what? What do you think out of the school would be the thing that you take away the most from it? Like, if you stopped coming and you said, you know, this is the one thing that I definitely learned. You're not ever going to stop coming, by the way, because right. you're a grandpa now. So we're going to continue letting you do it until you're very elderly. I'm old so, and I'm stuck in my ways. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, I would have to say that where I have maybe benefited the most is this understanding. Um, and I touched on it just briefly earlier that, that I can be holy, but I can still be me. Um, and I, I, I did encounter again, a lot of young adults, very holy. And, um, the way they, they lived their life and they, you know, they expressed their faith was different than, than I did. And my initial thought was, okay, I see these people, they're clearly holy. If I want to be holy, I have to be just like them. And um, it took me a little while and, and a lot of prayer to realize to that, that that wasn't exactly the case. And um, a lot of it, you know, came from our core, our core understanding that humanity is good and that, you know, we, we are innately good. We were made in God's likeness and image. And if we're going to say that about humanity as a whole, it has to be applied on the individual level as well. So I had to really understand that I was good and that I was made in God's likeness and image. And also that uh, God had a, a plan for me and a purpose for me. I grew up always knowing, you know, God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. It, it's kind of common knowledge, but I didn't really understand that in connection with that God had a purpose for me. I knew that he had a plan, but for some reason it just didn't click for the longest time that behind that plan there was a purpose. And right. in order to fulfill that purpose, God has given me the gifts and the tools necessary to carry that plan out when I'm working in union with his will. And once those pieces started coming together, it was a different game altogether. I just, I had never put those together like that. Wow, that's awesome. And just so, just for our listeners, our two listeners out there. Shout out to Jason's parents. And Thomas's mom is probably listening. <laughs> My mom will, will definitely listen to this. <laughs> but that Thomas is single. Sorry, Thomas. I had, to, I had to put that out there. We won't put your number out or anything, but, right? 555. Five, five. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, and I would say that it still as a single person, you would still be discerning your vocation. 
you know, and just discerning where God's purpose in your life lies really other than your pursuit of holiness. That is true. So I am, I am trying to be open, um, to what God is calling me to. Um, I, you know, I think that's a, it's a harder question to ask, right? Because we all, we all know we're called to holiness. That's our first vocation. Um, and our second vocation, which is our state of life is something I think that I still need to discern more. Um, and I still need to really understand better who I am. Um, one of the other kind of lessons that we've talked about in the school is that our action flows from our being, um, which is a, a very dense sentence. Uh, it's something <laughs> right. that really needs to be unpacked a little bit. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, um, even though I, I've made you know good progress in, in understanding who I am, I think there's still more more work to be done there before I truly, you know, truly can can see my uh, vocation as far as my my second vocation, my state of life. Right. That action flows from being. That's probably one of the. I would almost say it's almost like our second theme, even though we just recently got to it. Because I think it's sort of wrapped in or implied with the idea that our human nature is good, you know, um, mm-hmm. which kind of Thomas has alluded to already. But it also comes from the the thought that on leisure and worship and that freedom that we've we've been talking about too, and that absolutely right. So how? Um, well, again, like we were talking about in school last night. Um, it is only in, when you are in leisure that you're able to remember, if you will, or um, be uh, enlightened, if you will, as to who, who you are, because you're in a mode of receptivity, you know. Um, and reality is given to you, so it's not something you create, it is something you receive. So, um, and that reality is given to you by God, and so it is good. And, um, so it, when you kind of abandon yourself and abandon the burdens of the world and just simply receive from the Lord, you actually feel peace. Um, Thomas, didn't you do a, a fast or something similar to that? I did do a fast with a, a few different guys. Um, it's, the program is called Exodus 90. Um, and I believe it was developed by a few seminarians, um, and, and what this fast, uh, is, uh, focuses on is, uh, I would say fraternity, asceticism, and maybe there was one other point. I don't really remember, but I know those were the two big points. So you, um, you make a lot of, a lot of sacrifices. You give up a lot, um, both food and, and non-food too, so... Um, snacking between meals, sweets, right. soda. Um, you actually are supposed to take cold showers as well, which I was moderately successful with. <laughs> um, and then even music. It, it was pretty bad. Um, shortest showers of my life. I have to say that now. Um, I knew something was amiss during those 90 yeah, days. Yeah, it was a rough 90 days. <laughs> so, But I, I completed that with... A few other guys, uh, one here in the school, and then uh, mm-hmm. a couple other guys who I'm close with. Do you? I mean, do you think that during that fasting, 
you were able to give into leisure more? Um, in, in some regards, yes. In a theological sense. I mean, I probably not in the worldly sense of leisure, like going on vacation, but you know, I was definitely able to pray more. Um, and so one of the points of the fast, um, was giving up TV and movies. Um, so I don't watch a lot of TV or movies to begin with. Um, So I maybe didn't realize a bunch of time there, but it but was during was. football season too, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, and, and by the rules of the fast, actually, you are allowed to watch one sporting event a week. <laughs> you check that out before you started. Uh, oh yeah. You? Oh yeah. <laughs> we started this in September and oh, there's, that's awful. there's no way I would have done participated in this if I couldn't have watched uh, Alabama football specifically. Right. Right. <laughs> but but you definitely were able to open up the the avenues of receptivity during that time. Most definitely, yes. Yeah, spiritually, it was a huge, huge thing for me to participate and in And Cards for Humanity came out of that, that beautiful time. That is, that is true. Cards for Humanity did result from the additional free time and leisure. Which is patented. We cannot let people just run away with that. That's correct, yes. <laughs> and now it's officially recorded, so no one can do that, but... But Cards for Humanity is a School of Humanity spinoff of... Cards Against Humanity. Right, exactly. It's awesome. It's really fun. <laughs> so it's kind of like the Catholic version of Cards Against Humanity that, right. you can, that you can play with your friends and not have to go to confession for right, that's the next true. day. You may have to know... That you have to come to at least a couple of School of Humanities so you can get to know some of the, some of the cards there. Because uh, otherwise you're just like, what does this have to do with anything? But... They're amazing, so good job. Thank you, thank you. Glad to make my contributions where I can. <laughs> but the, um, but your discernment of your vocation has really come kind of like in full force since you've been with the School of Humanity, wouldn't you say? Or I would say so, yes. Um, and when I, you know, I, so ha- have I figured out what my state of life will be, whether, you know, will I be a, a priest, uh, a single person, um, someone who's married, you know, I, I don't know, I can't say, but one thing that I've kind of figured out as far as my kind of the occupation, and I don't mean occupation in the sense of my job or my career, but occupation of, of how I spend my time, I think there's definitely a lot of insight I've picked up. So going back to, you know, this call to holiness and, and the individuality of that, um, I figured out a little bit better who I am, and that's kind of helped me pursue what God would be calling me to. So I think of, you know, our, our imagery of the bod- body of Christ. Um, you know, the ear is not the eye, is not the nose, is not the foot, is not the hand. Um, fortunately, I don't have a nose on my foot because that would be terrible. Yeah, um, that would smell bad. That would just all the time. <laughs> But uh, I, I know, so I know that I'm not Jason, for example. Um, I admire Jason because he's very studious in, in philosophy and, and um, you know, he, he, he is very well read uh, in, in many saintly books. And, and I, you know, I, I need to, I, I need to have a certain degree of that. But, but my, I think my own spirituality, which I'm trying to still discover, is something that's maybe slightly more active. But um, that's not to say that either mine is better than Jason's or Jason is, is better than mine. 
it's just to say that it's different and that's still beautiful because we need both. And if we didn't have, you know, Jason's intellectual spirituality, we would have nothing to inform my more active spirituality. Right. And, and mine being more well-rounded in both of those. I'm just kidding. Oh, here we go. Yeah, so Rachel is an expert at everything. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and get that out there right now, and we won't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Thank you, Thomas. I'll but, take um, that. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bullman. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.